Okay. So, the gray's usually high, but right now we're dancing in the Ted dances high. The gray with Liam Neeson's The Woman with the Wolves? Dude, I cried at that movie at the end. I, I, cr- I was so high. Were I you? I cried, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I, I was looking at my life like, I'm sad. <laughs> That's so deep. That's really deep. Are you okay. going to go into the gym? Test. So, this fucking doctor was like, fuck you. And I was like, dude. Wow. I'll give you a PhD. This is nuts. <laughs> yeah. PhD's Damn. nuts. Damn, that was quick. <laughs> yeah. PhD's nuts. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's successful. Well, I know Nick is a podcast and you're listening to it today. Well, I know Nick is a podcast and it's hosted by Chuck and Jay. We don't know what we're going to do and we don't know what we're going to say. But all we know is we're not Nordic today. Yeah, we're not Nordic today. Not Nordic Pod at gmail.com. Hello, welcome to an exclusive Patreon, exclusive Patreon bonus content with Spencer Dorsey. It's Halloween. Do you have your costume? Why are you touching me? I'm asking you, do you have your costume? Yes, I, I am dressed up as a washed up punk rock dude. Okay. What <laughs> me <kind>? too. <laughs> and Halloween's every day where I come from. <laughs> the gutters. So... You you had a bunch of Halloween questions that you wanted to ask. Oh yeah. yeah. If if you do recall, do you have do you remember yeah, off the top yeah. of your head? Okay, Halloween roundtable. Okay, ready? okay. Well, this you want to do roundtable, or do you want to ask? You want to you want to discuss with Spencer? I think it might turn into roundtable anyway. Because okay. I'm gonna want to hear what you guys have to say. Okay, fair uh, enough. Yeah. Uh, favorite Halloween candy? Ooh, yes. Question. Great question. Oh, can I do like a, a... Oh, man. Yeah, if you can't decide, man. Give me an apple with okay. razors, dude. You, with you oh. what, about, what, about like a, what about like a fruity candy yeah, or a chocolatey yeah. candy? That's ex- yeah. You read my mind. Okay. You're a mind reader. <laughs> uh, so for a fruity candy, I'm going to go with Mike and Ike's. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For yeah, a sour... Underrated. Underrated, for yeah. sure. For a sour candy... I'm actually going to put that in a category where I would want, like, um, Sour Patch Kids. But lately, my need for sourness has intensified. Like, I need warheads or something that's going to, like, burn oh. your tongue a little bit. Like, actually leave a mark on the roof of your of your. That's your old mouth. school, bro. All yeah. right, right, now, when you go warheads, are you going straight lemon? I, lo- you... I like them all. Okay. Um, Preference, personal. Uh, I like the green or yellow, usually, with those things. What the is that, darker watermelon? Color. Uh, the green is usually an apple, okay. I think, and then uh, l- lime. Lime is, uh, or lemon is yellow, but yeah, right. I pick that. And then for for chocolate, dude, I like those um, Carmelo bars or anything like oh. that. That's Caramelo. Yeah. Stretch it out. Well, well, that. Yeah. You don't get those on Halloween often, but if you do, they don't really come in fun size. No, right. like I would, to- they should. It's yeah, like a Toblerone kind of. It should be fun Shape. size. It should be I've two never of had them. A Toblerone. They're don't. great. Yeah. What? You don't like Tobes? They're okay, but Tobes, I'm just, I'm, bro. bro, bro, he's not a, we gotta keep him out of the Toblerone oh, code. It's a don't. pyramid. We're in the Illuminati. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> Illuminati candy. It's pyramid shaped. <laughs> I'm not a, you got a special Toblerone handshake. <laughs> yeah. Don't mention Toblerone to Chuck. But, he's dude, not This in. episode is definitely titled Toblerone handshake. <laughs> um, awesome. What about you guys? Yeah. Uh, for me, if we're going, if we're going sweet, I guess, you know, I'll be I'll be basic. I'll go Skittles. You know, I'll I'll do the um, the fruity with Skittles. That's good. Yeah. Not not a super Skittle fan, but I'm going that way. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You know, in chocolate, I'm going um, peanut butter cup. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's probably my chocolate choice. But I li- I like them a little chilled. I like them out of the oh, yeah, out, of the, out of the fridge the fridge or freezer even. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you remember those old Reese's commercials where they where it was like this is how I eat my Reese's and people yes. would yeah. stick their tongue and poke the hole. And, totally. Yeah. Okay. And the, the hole was always a little too perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. How'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. But, <Weirdo>. uh, <laughs> that's not appropriate. Bro, well, we're not in that one. Yeah. Know, so we're not in that. Club. Uh, so for, uh, I guess it's, it's not really a Halloween candy. Because it doesn't come in fun size, but I really don't know how you can go wrong with a Harry Bow gummy bear. Those, okay. Those, yeah, those are those are great. That's a great texture of a yeah. gummy. Yeah. Where it's got really, that like it's firm. Yeah, it's really but it's, gummy. It's 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 the, it's the top shelf gummy, in in my humble opinion. You're uh-huh. absolutely right. Um, worst Halloween candy. 
Hmm. Apples with razors in uh, yeah. Smarties. Smarties. That's, Smarties are I'm pretty go- worthless. I'm going Smarties. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't like Tootsie Rolls, man. I just don't like them. I like okay. them if, if they're, they're pretty- in a, a lollipop. Like, that's cool, a Tootsie Pop. But just like that little tiny Tootsie Roll, I'm like, you're not trying, you know? You're not trying hard enough. I, I was I was thinking about this. Remember the old Tootsie, Tootsie Roll commercial? Yeah. Whatever many- it is, I think I see, becomes a, a Tootsie, Tootsie Roll, roll to, to me. me. Tootsie Roll power? That's You're like a chocolatey fourth, chew. That's like the fourth topic that you've brought back to the old commercial. <laughs> Tootsie Roll, I think I'm in love with you. Yeah. Does that disturb you? No. No, I mean, you In love, love with Tootsie Rolls? Well, I mean, think about the rap song. Tootsie Roll. Get your booty on the floor. <laughs> Tootsie Roll. I don't know. I was, I was thinking about, I was thinking, oh my gosh, forget about it. If I go off on a tangent about commercials Any, and how consumers, I'll anyway, forget let's, about it. Anyway, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, just, let's just say that I prefer the Tootsie Pop commercial. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. One, two, two three. 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 Uh, it actually goes one, a two, two a three. <laughs> Crunch. Yeah. Um, three. So what were those, um, those real fucking, uh, those long, like, caramelly things that would bust your teeth open if you tried to, are those Mary Jane's? Sugar daddies maybe Mary Jane's were the small square things yeah and it had a girl on it yeah, yeah those were those didn't those bust your teeth up real yes, bad they did yeah as well. I, don't, I don't like Mary Jane's I yeah also, I don't like circus peanuts but not a lot of people Ooh, are uh, not a lot of those people. out yeah those that, that seems to be a, a past candy oh and wax lips are fucking worthless too. yeah I agree they're fun to get though where you're like <laughs> wow that's cool right, right, yeah. how'd this get out there in my <laughs> trick-or-treat bag yeah but what do you do with them exactly yeah, you know? wear them for a second and you look around like you're gonna kiss somebody and then you do <laughs> then you're like right. where's my Reese's cup and then you marry exactly. them and then you have kids and then you're an adult and then you're like damn I should've got those wax lips I should've stayed young but I was trying to be young by wearing wax lips who knew it would take this turn was right. that the, your meat cute with your wife to be Spencer no, did it involve wax I lips? met her at Kung Fu Necktie at a like a heavy rock show nice yeah Deathbeds with Mike Murrow shout out to no last names on this podcast a dude <laughs> too named, late dude named Mike will not dude, be identified dude named Mike who was in Deathbeds and Sunburster and Bad Blood and uh, I was with those guys thinking I would be forever single so for all you you know singles out there you never know when your days will end thanks man I I needed that it could be tomorrow (laughs) at a Kung Fu necktie I I matched with a or Connie's Rick Rack could be your time I matched with a girl on Tinder the other day who was very cute and was wearing a Lucia Fulci zombie t-shirt and I messaged her once and not only did she not respond to me and this you know it's one thing if you say hi to somebody and they just like ignore you because that happens a lot but she actually went through the trouble to unmatch with me like that little extra fuck you (laughs) block reported Dating is hard right now, so my heart goes out to the singles out there. Stay strong, guys and girls, everyone, and just get through together. Triggered. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you'll find somebody. Yeah, you never know. I mean, if we stay in this parking Stop lot long enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what was the other question? Hey, one more question, right? Not a couple. Uh, oh, okay. Go okay. Ahead. So, what's your best costume as a kid? Uh, best costume would have to be. I guess I dressed up as an old man. I got a a mask from. <laughs> I got a mask from Spencer Gifts. Yeah. And I had like a bump on the head. Oh, speaking of masks, I should have put Zeke the plumber on my playlist. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> Go on. But all of us are hard. Yeah. How did we all miss yeah. that? But uh, yeah, and it, it, it had like a fake cigar. And I, I wore it to school, and this, the, my all the teachers kept coming up to me and said, Excuse me, can I help? Really thought I was on the mask was that real and the clothes I was wearing really. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's that's about it. It was just an old man mask. Yeah. So Spence dog. My fun that always sticks out because it's insane was I in 1994, uh, Rolling Stones put out an album called Voodoo Tour. I don't yeah. know if you guys remember it. No. It had like Love Is Strong. Love Is Strong and you're so sweet. Uh, is it the one with like the lions rising up on it? No, that it was. was um, I forget the name, but yeah, yeah. Like okay. Steel wheel. No, no. But yeah, it was an, an awkward '90s era Stones album. Yeah. I had it on CD, and it was, you know, a gate, a gate, a gateway sure. drug. So I wanted to be Mick Jagger. My mom would always help me with my Halloween costumes, like way over the top. So I can see you as Mick. Yeah, yeah. I had I had a, a rhinestone decorated top hat that we made. One of her fringe jackets covered in all that stuff. 
We had Voodoo Tour 94 down my pants. Wow. Are there pictures awesome. of this? Anyway? There absolutely are. I'll send them to you. Yeah, if we you might want have them on the podcast, on the, yeah. Yeah, well, they're insane. Put them on the Facebook. Yeah. They're insane. And I mean, my mom and I would put make these costumes together and they took a lot of time. Wow. So shout out to mom. Shout out to Mick Jagger. Mom Dukes. Yeah. And that's what we call her. We call her Mom Dukes. And <laughs> so, yeah, that's my best. What about you, Chuck? Uh, I was, was, am, and will always continue to be a gigantic and rabid fan of professional wrestling. <laughs> and nice. uh, since I was three or four years old, legitimately. And my favorite, my absolute favorite, as a child, I had a life-size banner of him on my wall, was the Ultimate Warrior. Okay. Yeah. I loved the Ultimate Warrior. Not the Undertaker? No, he. this was even before the Undertaker. Oh, right yeah, on. Yeah, that's true. This was like 88, 89. Wow. And my mom did my, did my makeup very carefully. I had the streamers on my arms. Oh, wow. And so I was the Undertaker. Of course, I had to wear my winter jacket when I went out trick-or-treating. But, yeah, I, I, was, I was the Ultimate Warrior, and it was... That dude, and man, it sucked that he turned out to be like a terrible homophobe because that, that dude was my hero growing up. What, what did you feel about uh, the Ultimate Warrior beating up Phil Collins? When did that happen? There's a, there's a video of him <laughs> beating up Phil Collins. I, I'm happy about it. I hate Phil Collins. I don't yeah, wish him any harm. Genesis. But, yeah. but I, have, I, have, I, I don't know how uh, social media works. I don't know how to get to... Uh, Get to this. Hey guys, just hold on about 45 minutes while Jay figures out how to use Instagram for the first time. Jay just pulled out his Motorola razor. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because there's a video out there where uh, okay. Undertaker is dancing with Phil Ultimate Collins. Warrior. Yeah. What did well, I say? For Undertaker. For some reason, oh, Phil, sorry. For some reason, Phil Collins is wearing like a hood with with hearts on it. Yeah. And yeah, Ultimate oh. Warrior's got him goozled in a choke. Oh. <laughs> the no. The funny thing is, the Ultimate Warrior was the Intercontinental Champion here, I think. Yep. So uh, you can uh, you can specifically date that. That would have been uh, sometime in late 1989. Okay. <laughs> it seems like an unfair match. Like, Phil Collins really wasn't ready for this <laughs> physical trauma that his body would go through. No, but uh, like you said, he deserved it. I yeah. Think, I think this is his punishment, like you said, for ruining Genesis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's fair. It's yeah. fair. The ultimate word is like, this is for Susudio. <laughs> <laughs> this is for face, two faces or whatever. Whatever that's called with his head. Invisible touch. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, have a, I have a great story about that, but maybe we can save it for another time. Another another not Nordic puck. Uh, we I mean, we want to we want to do. Well, it. You know what? No, I sh I should do it now. Do it, dude. Because Spencer's here. Do it, dude. Walked into a music store and I was talking to Spencer on the phone and there Temperance. was a, uh, no, <laughs> and there was a guy at the front counter and he was talking about what was he talking? I forget. He was talking about what was another band that um, Phil Collins was in. I thought um, he just had the solo band. Genesis. Well, who, um, who else was in Genesis, I guess? Peter Gabriel. Peter, Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Okay, he was talking about Peter Gabriel, and I saw uh, on the phone with him. I told Spencer that. He's like, all right, let me call you right back. Hangs up. He calls the record store and starts talking about Phil Collins to the guy. <laughs> and he, he says, do you have the Phil Collins album with his face on it? <laughs> and the guy's, the guy's on the phone talking, and then Spencer calls me back, and he's like, yo, they're going to start talking about Phil Collins in like two seconds. I was like, what are you talking about? And sure enough... <laughs> He started talking about Phil Collins. Awesome. And I was like, what did you just do? He's like, I just called and asked for this record. Oh, man, it was the funniest thing. That's excellent. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Man. I mean, just by happenstance, I think I overheard him saying, and I was t talking to Spencer, I was like, yeah, this guy is talking about Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel so much right now. And he's like, all right, I'll call you right back. <laughs> the phone rings in the store. Oh, it was excellent. All right, I apologize, so go ahead. No, it's, I forgot. I'm glad you reignited that memory. Yeah, that was Well, the good. logical progression is what was your worst costume? Ooh, okay. I was, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go first. I was in grade school, and I didn't, I was sick, so I wasn't going to go out. Yeah. So. We I, all had that one year. That was frustrating, man. Right, so then, you know, my brother, my brother was older than me, four years older, but he was still going out. So I was like, you know what, forget it. So I threw on a wig, and they used to have these half masks, you know, that would go over your face. Yeah. And it was just like, it was just a, a mask with lips that came out. You know what I mean? That was like in a kissy thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's all I wore. I just w walked around and got candy. The problem with me is I was a tall kid back then. Yeah, so you probably couldn't fit into much. Well, no, the, the problem would always oh, be. Oh, they always, they're like, oh, you're 18, and you're yeah. like, yo, I'm 12, leave me alone. Right, exactly. <laughs> You know, guys, you really should go back to college. This is for kids. This isn't for you. And I'm like, I'm only in seventh grade. <laughs> Did yeah. you have shaggy hair by that point, too? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. 
I was just a big giant monster child <laughs> roaming for candy. Big giant monster child. That's my new horror movie, okay? <laughs> uh, what about you, Spence? Anything come, come to mind? I would say that any Halloween costume is great because as long as you're out participating in the seat, the holiday, then that's that's all that matters because so many like people that. don't do it, you know, and they, I wish they would. Uh, so... I, I love the kids that come to the door. Now that I'm older and I'm I get, giving out candy. I get stoked on that, too. Yeah, where totally, I see kids yeah. and I'm like, I know that this is you totally just threw this together in five <laughs> seconds. I'm going to give you more candy because <laughs> good for you for, like, you might not have much to work with. You're just trying to get by with whatever you got in the house. Maybe you don't have a ton of income or whatever. So, like, yeah, whatever. Be a hobo because you just found some clothes in the street, you know. Like, I love that. My worst costume I think I ever did by accident was I trick-or-treated up to being 21 years old, Holy which shit. is like a really bizarre fact. Um, and I was a, I was JFK, and I went okay. with somebody who was Nixon, and they had the Watergate tape and like in their oh, lapel, okay. and we were going trick-or-treat. And I'm not kidding you, every other house they would bring us in and be like, you got it, we got to show our friends this. <laughs> the parents, like, you know, or I got to show my wife this, come on in. And they quickly realized we were not kids because these are pretty oh, adult okay. costumes. And right. then we would take our masks off and be like, oh, you guys are old. Right. So we stopped. We did like... You guys want a beer? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we did like 20 of them. And then that was the last time we ever trick or, I ever trick-or-treated. Yeah. Nice. I guess that was my worst, you know? Yeah, the, the year that the year that you you, you get, you, you're finally like that. You got to retire year, the from year, the game. The year where you know in your heart it's your last year is very sad, you know? Yeah, the, the only... Comfort I will give is that you'll eventually get to a point where you can give out candy, and it's way cooler because you get to be on the flip side of it and see kids stoked about Halloween and give them candy. It's, yeah, it's really nice. I, I really, I, dude, it's funny you say that. I really have discovered the joy of giving out candy over it's the awesome. last few years too. I really like it. Yeah, and you know, you can buy the candy you want and take a handful out of the bag, and you can still eat candy. Yeah. Oh, know? I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was definitely shamed out of Halloweening because I, because how tall I was. Oh man. It's like, That's a bunch it's of like, bullshit. Monster, leave! <laughs> they had this like, is for the kids. They had like pitchforks. Yeah, exactly, and I'm running down the street. <laughs> I'm just tall. <laughs> I'm still a child. <laughs> exactly. I just had a growth spurt. Hopefully, we can right. spread awareness about this crazy. Yeah, you we know, might have to start right a charity issue. or something. Yeah, exactly. for tall people. Tall, tall, tall kids deserve Halloween too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Yo, and honestly, especially nowadays with kids like shooting up and being six, six two, six three. Yeah, in grade school. Hormones in the milk, dude. And the chicken breast, yeah, bro. And the you chicken. Know what I'm Gotta be careful. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, so my final question is, what is the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? Oh man, that's S- a great question. Scariest thing and what's just scariest thing in general? Yeah. Oh man, does that does anyone have something off the top of their head right now? Well, this was inspired by a few weeks ago that story that I told you about finding that dude in the. the so, I, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I drive rideshare. Um, I'm, I'm in between. I'm working on some career advancement things right now, so my in between gig is driving rideshare. And a couple weekends ago, I was driving a guy home through Atlantic City. I'll, I'll just put it out there. That's where I was, and he was like, "Is that a body in the middle of the street?" And we stopped, and sure enough, it was a guy who'd just been jumped. And, uh, yeah, he was in the middle of a busy street, and we, we jumped out, and we dragged him to the sidewalk because we didn't want him to get hit by a car. Mm. And uh, I still I didn't figure out if he, he'd get he'd gotten hit by, like, knuckles or a bat or if he just hit his head on the pavement. But the back of his head was pretty well caved in. It was, it was, pretty, it was pretty gnarly. Damn. And so, yeah, we waited, we waited with the ambulance. That was pretty horrifying. Yeah, that's that is terrible. Yeah, that is pretty scary. Uh, my story is, I guess, uh, someone I know um, drove drove drunk, and I didn't know where they were. Mm-hmm. I guess that was my biggest fear. And I drove, I didn't know where they were, and I kept calling them, and they weren't answering. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So then I went on a journey to every bar in the area to try and find them. And then I found them, and they were just nonchalant, like, what? What's your problem? I just wanted to knock them out, like, right there. Like, you know, kind of like from the movie Boiler Room, you know, when you're so when you're so afraid and so scared. Oh, yeah, do, right. I get that yeah. reference. Yeah. yeah. Like, all you want to do is be like, this is what you're doing to me. Like, I, I like the fear inside of me, and you know. and This story's so serious, I didn't even make a journey, don't stop believing reference. Oh, you could have. It would have <laughs> been okay. No, but, yeah, it was, uh, th- that fear was... 
Ooh, that that was major. Yeah, that's gnarly. So, yeah, that was be that would be mine. Oh wow, you know, f- f- I like the psychological attributes of horror films that yeah. really stay in your head and don't show a lot of the gore and explicit stuff. Because I think I ha- fear for me the scariest things I've ever seen are around family, you know, or around like my dad leaving early on or my sister my Same. sister almost choked on a peppermint once which is like a, not as heavy content but but it sticks with you yeah my sister almost choked you. on a peppermint my grandpa hung her upside down and shook her and I remember being so scared like oh my god this might be it and then just weird things about like my dad leaving like very very I remember the one the last time I saw my dad he was leaving the house in the snow and he looked up in my room and turned his back and walked away in the snow. It's funny that you know you, you know? could really like I mean the three the three of us all come from broken homes and all got into punk rock at a yeah. young age. I'm sure right. that's not a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean stuff like that's scary because it's it's just is, but I think this I I too saw I feel bad saying it because I don't want to disrespect the person, but I someone had hung themselves at, at the top of a parking structure outside of my old work. Shit. And Whoa. the body, it, I don't know anything about this other than the body fell and Oof. the head did, was detached. Whoa. And the wow. head rolled back to the door of my work. Whoa. Whoa yeah. Oh my God. And, um... It was horrifying, and I somebody had the picture. And Wait, you cer- saw the guy's head? I was here visiting. Luckily, I was not at the bill like at my work this happened like right before we opened but he was discovered and people were working and and saw it firsthand right out the window oh my god and um i think my what's so scary about it is how realistic violence and gore is portrayed in the movies because when i saw the picture i it looked like a movie like it looked like what i'd seen on the in the movies so it's just like i think that's one of the scariest things i've ever saw was real actual death and that you know kind of disgusting situation and realizing that it looked like a movie and not being able to totally see the difference it's it's so crazy with movie magic how they can make it look so real yeah that's a that's a good one i i I thought of like the the, like being desensitized by like right the realness of (laughs) the being desensitized by reality like the reality of death you know i just I mean? felt oh so my. i i connected with weird things about it like i noticed he was wearing yeah. khaki pants and yeah. white oh, wow. sneakers yeah, and, like, and you think about thought about him wearing putting those clothes on that morning yeah, or and, choosing what he was gonna wear yeah, yeah and like just... not knowing that would be or maybe he did know and I, I i guess i just feel so badly for people that make that decision and i hope they find help and i know there's outlets out there that they can utilize right um the prevention it should hotline ne- yeah definitely it should never come to that you know i i oh no, man it's 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 life is tough so i you know i, I, can't, I get it yeah but it's just there's always there's always another way yeah so that horrified me you know, what what do they say it's a it's a it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem yeah, you know. Um, yeah, there was a there was a time uh, I've forgotten a few years ago when uh, we were on my friend and me were on uh, Jimmy Leeds Road and this car ran off the road in front of us and smacked a tree, and I think the guy had like I don't know had a heart attack or something. And we stopped and we because we were the only car like within any kind of distance and we called nine one one and we like tried to see if there's anything we could do to help the guy. And like, you know about death, but like I sat there and watched the life leave that guy's eyes. Ooh. And that, 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 that was really like your first time seeing that that's, that's jarring, man. Well, hopefully, I mean, yeah, I can't imagine having it to see that at all. I, f- I feel for you for experiencing that. That's a unique experience that a lot of people never have to go through. Oh, oh man. Oh, there, there is a story that I have that, uh, it was pretty devastating. We were coming home from uh, Christmas. Melissa and I were going home before we went up to go visit. Wife of the show, Melissa. Wife of the show, Melissa. Um, we were coming home, and there was a brutal car accident. And her being a nurse and a first responder, she felt that she needed to go out yeah, and check on totally. him. And she went out there to check on him, and she was, oof. It was Christmas morning. Wow. We're, we're seeing this, and it was, I mean, it was it was pretty devastating, and she went up and triaged all the people to see what was going on, see who was who was priority, and all yeah, that yeah, kind of totally. stuff. And oof, I don't know. Yeah. I just I just I just can't imagine what she what she went through. You know, yeah, after that's... leaving Christmas morning, driving up, and then seeing that, and then having to continue the day. That's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, 
All right, so you had some questions. Why don't you make your first one a, uh, a lighthearted one to get away from that? Yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we go with the famous monsters one? Do we want to start out with that? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so th- these questions are for Spencer. Okay. Okay. So if we want to make a lighthearted, <laughs> here we go. Famous monsters. Frankenstein or Wolfman? Mm-hmm. Who'd make a better volleyball partner? <laughs> Who do you want setting up your spike? That's no question about it. Frankenstein was a little bit sl- like sluggish in his m- like maneuvering. He wasn't a fast yeah, entity Wolf- by nature. He was slower moving. Like yeah. so, you can't have him on your team. Yeah, right? Wolfman was more aerodynamic. That's Wo- a good point. Wolfman yeah. was very agile. Yeah. I mean, when Wolfman and, and Frankenstein fight in Frankenstein meets Wolfman, Wolfman's kind of kicking his ass. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Frankenstein holds his own slightly just from being kind of like so massive in size but when it comes to uh, being athletic I would absolutely pick uh, Wolfman so the height does not play a factor for no no I want agility I want speed I want the ability to maneuver around and you know and uh, make it happen because a lot of athleticism isn't just about sheer size it's really about you know your urgency and maybe if you're uh maybe if you're a real good coach you can convince the wolfman to shave down like a professional swimmer yeah give him less wind resistance <laughs> yeah there you go or it could be team wolf three volleyball because we had the basketball we had the boxing let's do a remake guys i think i think let's we start, let's start a, <laughs> let's start a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you answered that question with poise, and I commend you. Thank you. Okay, so so let's let's get down to brass tacks. All right, let's talk about brass tacks. I use them for cork boards. Sure, sure. And okay. uh, also to put put stuff on other stuff. Okay. Uh, They're very handy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that that's yep. Okay, that's let's the next one. Okay, yeah, good. Covered. Let's get down to uh, thumbtacks. Also like them. Okay. Man, a little less heavy duty. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. the same consistency. Okay, so in, in all in all honesty, dead air. See, yeah, I did that. Oh, it's anticipation. So, okay, yeah, exactly. It's good. It's good air. What is Discount Cemetery? What is your mission statement? All right, um, I I look at it this way. I have a connection in my mind that horror and science fiction and punk rock are all from the same embryo or the nucleus the same they consist of the same dna at their okay. core in my mind it, it somehow makes sense and i think that by creating these three things horror sci-fi and punk rock create commentary that can and does change the world when, when you think about it you know there's there's a, a bigger message behind the scenes with discount cemetery i just want to participate in that conversation and pay tribute to horror science fiction and punk rock from the past and bring it into the present and be a part of that conversation and, and pay tribute and do my own little part to bring change by making people feel great about clothes that they buy and wear. Because for me, that was always really exciting to get like a new shirt for a, a new band or okay. a new a new thing I believed in and wear it proudly. It was more than just a shirt. It was like a part of you. Right. So I wanted to participate in that. Yeah, I agree. It's something you believe in, something you're investing in, something that you're showing the yeah. world it's your this- armor like to the world around you you know a shirt is a part of you it's an extension of you and for a lot of us like we took a lot of pride in the shirt we'd wear because we felt a connection to that band or that movie or whatever we were wearing like it was like a flag we were flying too yeah totally. absolutely yeah yeah, I agree. And I, I can't agree with you more about, you know, punk and sci-fi and, you know, horror being kind of branches of the same tree. Really great. Yeah. I always wonder if that makes sense. No, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you kind of just boiled down my whole essence, really. <laughs> great, yeah. <laughs> We're cut from the same cloth, Chuck. Oh, for sure. Uh, so, so r- running a business, mm-hmm. what are some difficulties that you've, that you've faced or that, that you're facing now currently? The, having to adapt every day. And nobody's really, there's no book on this stuff. There's a lot of noise out there of a lot of successful entrepreneurs telling you what worked for them. And you can collect a lot of that and and pick and choose what works for you, but it's different for everyone. And I think the, the biggest challenge is staying patient and never really giving up and never getting too scared. There's some days where you're gonna have massive sales and be super empowered and then the next day it might be less than half of that and you have to quickly adapt to it and figure out why and make enough money to keep the lights on because 
everybody's goals are different. For us, we want to be able to pay our bills, keep the lights on and keep this thing going and, and push forward. So as long as you set realistic goals and expectations and stay patient, you're going to persevere. But I, I'm lucky to have somebody in my corner that helps me. Uh, I think it's even more challenging if you don't have a support system. Like you guys had Paul Brown on an episode. And I think what's great about Paul is that he ha- he's one person, but he has the charisma of several people. He sure does. And he, <laughs> and he has a support team of a lot of people who want to be behind him in whatever uh, – you know, whatever he takes on. So I think you have to really lean on your family and your friends and and really take their help in any way possible. Like whether it's borrowing a truck or having them help you make whatever fuels your business or just listen to a concept, you have to really lean on your family and friends to to support you because you really can't do it alone. But I think the hardest thing for me is just staying patient. I want to do everything like right then and there, yeah. <laughs> that day, that moment. I want the shirt to be done and already out. I want to make it before anybody else does. And, you know, I, I can't slow down. Right. And with that passion, with that drive, starting this business, you know, was it a slow process? Or do you feel that the pace that you're moving at now is the pace where you want to be, you know, from start to where you are now? I, I think that, I think that, what, the pace was it always was it slow initially right well is is the pace is the pace where you're at now is this something that you 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 like where you're at you like the pace that you've taken yeah yeah i mean we're we're in a really good spot where our challenge is now we have to keep up we've cre- if you create momentum the next step is just to keep the momentum going and i think the hardest part for anyone wanting to start a business is initially breaking through and taking that leap of having a business name launching a website you know, creating a trademark and copyright and, you know, uh, DBA and all that stuff is very scary. But as you take those little baby steps, once you have sold your very first item, whatever that is, it becomes a lot easier because you've already tackled what I think would be the hardest part. And that's just getting your dream off the ground. And that's the same whether you're starting a band or creating something creative, right? Like the initial hardest part is getting it off the ground. And once you do you know that you now have a responsibility to keep it going. But I'd say the, the pace was really great out of the gate because um, because it was, you know, because I think I was lucky to have a background that led up to right where I needed to be, you know, growing up doing merch for bands and having our, our all of us had our feet in the on the ground of little business with punk music, putting out our own records, you know, booking our own shows or jumping on show. Like we're all, we were all had primer for that early on. So I think that helped me get momentum out of the gate, you know, have knowing punk rock is all about community. Yeah. I mean the internet, so, in, internet commerce is based on the DIY model pretty correct. much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That, that was going to be my next question. I mean, moving to California, do you think that the success that you're having, could it have been done pretty much anywhere? Do you feel moving there helped expand and motivate you more? Or? There's pros and cons to anywhere you live and, and that business that you would start. The pro to Los Angeles is there's this air that anything's possible. And there's a lot of people doing similar things. No matter what you do, there's right. going to be a, a network of people that you can link up with in some way, shape, or form. Although it can be competitive, as well, I think that things in LA feel possible because the weather is always nice. There's always something going on. There's a certain feeling to it where there are a lot of possibilities that are very literal. Like there's a lot of events you can go to and and sell at for anything you could think of. You know, there's an expo or a show. There's a lot happening. So there's a lot of opportunity, but there's also a feeling of optimism. And I think that's just because the weather, the, the personality of the state, the openness of it and the culture is it, it does fuel things for me in a certain way that that helps. I think our brand is really centric to L.A. and I'm grateful to be there and, and proud to be there. That being said, there's a ton of successful businesses. It, it's similar to mine in Philly and New Jersey, all over. Like my favorite is Studio House, which is in Philly, and and he does an amazing job, and he's he's here. Cody, so, yeah, 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 Cody's. Yeah. He's such a great guy. And he gives me a ton of great feedback. And that's another thing, too, is making friends with people that can, that want to help you. There's yeah. times where I'll message Cody, and, and we've still never met. But because we have the same friends in punk rock and, and came from the same place mentally, yeah. he'll give me great advice. And, and I, I love that, that I have that avenue to go down. So, 
to answer the question, absolutely. In, in my story, in my journey, LA was very centric to the success that I have now. But I think that could be said for a kid in a basement in New Jersey or Baltimore or DC. I mean, it, it just depends. And you have to know the pros and cons of where you're from and work within that pro and con. That's really, really perceptive, yeah. You know, because I think in some, well, thank you. I think in some places you might not have the same volume of people and audience and opportunity. So if that's the case, then you have to find it, find it elsewhere. Like if you're trying to start a brand in, you know, Essex, New Jersey, and there's only five, and it's a horror brand, there's only five kids that like it, you have to lean a lot on the internet. You right. have to lean a lot on traveling in the Northeast and maybe get a car that's more reliable and, and have a plan to work around it. But we have the benefit of having so many people and so many opportunities in LA that it's really much easier to work with that for me and, and my personality. Yeah, I think, I think it's about like, if the, if the thing that you do that that you want is not there, just like so, I saw the Gaslight Anthem last summer, right? Nice. And uh, Brian Fallon said on stage, he's like, you know, we looked around our town and we said we did we didn't really see like well, the thing we wanted musically, so we we just said, well, look, we're gonna make it, and that's yeah. that's 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 the spirit at the core of it, I think, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and just knowing that it might be harder that way. There there's short roads and long roads. But it, it, it all is going to be different than what you plan for. Like, you might think you're taking the easy road and, and up and move to L.A., but that might not have been the right thing for you, and it might actually be a longer road ahead versus if you stayed in New Jersey and did it your own way. Like, everybody's got their own path forward. But I can say that L.A. is a really competitive place, and it, it, and it, it, it has that competition to it, but it can also be really uplifting, too. So, for to uh, like you always say, to peel the curtain back, Cody... Studio 54? Oh, Studio House. <laughs> studio? So Cody did this thing where he took, like, stacks of VHS tapes okay. and put them on shirts, and it, it blew up. It became such a big thing in the horror community. Everybody's okay. got one. And he was, uh, the Studio House was him and Kevin Thomas, and then Kevin uh, Kevin kind of backed out of it, so now it's just Cody. Okay. And and it's it's and great. Like, what they do is amazing. Um, they just take the... the the sides of the VHS and just that's the design that's yeah. the but stack they, they do one. a lot of different things yeah oh, okay. yeah there's a lot of other ones that's their I'd say like bread and butter that's yeah. the one that really hits home and goes all over the world and I love those They're yeah I've never cool. I've never heard of them though. yeah and and they've used they the process is really impressive and it started from just like me from one screen and a hobby and now he has a just like John Bose is another great name to mention yes uh, someone we are are close with cool and we dudes love. chilling yeah he's he's great <laughs> but these guys are I think I'll say this about the Philly guys they're very supportive so the scene of guys in Philly screen printing and running these businesses they're really great to each other and I've actually kind of even though I'm so far away there's been more than one time where I've felt that sense of community across the country and I think that I really admire uh, them for that so I heard that you did a lot with uh, the plant Plan Nine. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Tell on... us about Plan Nine from. Oh, Mars. really? Yeah, yeah, your connection. Yeah, well, I'm a fan of this stuff, like you guys. So anytime we get to participate in something, we're, we're really happy to do it if it's uh, if it's special, like to us. So in other words, we could we've done things like a a flea market or a certain fair, like uh, and that's great. But I guess what I what I'm getting at here is. Plan Nine from Outer Space, like I love that movie. Have you guys ever seen it? Sure. I've, I've never yeah. seen it. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's uh, the Mystery Science Theater three thousand theatrical movie. The yeah. One that actually came out in theaters. They watched Plan Nine from Outer Space. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. it's known as the best worst movie. Um, but but we 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 got a call from the San Fernando Valley Historical Society. They found us and saw the shirts we were making, and they asked us to participate in it and be the only vendors there and wow. support the cemetery. They, they played the movie and the cemetery was filmed in oh, wow. for its 60th anniversary. A portion of our proceeds went to the cemetery to maintain it and keep it around. And they played it in the actual spot it was filmed at. And I, I made him a little trailer intro of m movies that would have been, had trailers in, the, in that, if it were in the theater. So I did Vincent Price, House on the Haunted Hill, Invisible Invaders, and then, um, ah, shoot, I can't recall the first one, like Invasion of the Saucer Men or something, but they were all from 59, 
and I made a specific event shirt, and I just wanted to go above and beyond and playing my part to participate and celebrate the movie. So I just like doing that where I can give, where we can give back to the scene a little bit, totally. you know, um, because these places do need help. Like the Pioneer Cemetery is at risk of being knocked down. So any money that we can put forward to keep it going is great. And we thought maybe 24 people would come out. That's how many tickets were sold, but over a hundred people came out. Whoa. So we That's were awesome. really happy with the turnout. I'd have um, certainly gone if I was local. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. And it was so great to interact with people that like that stuff. That's another thing too. With punk music, it was always so... Was it all ages though? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry if I interrupted. No, it's cool. It was just so much fun to talk to and chat with. Just like you guys, it's so much fun to chat about this stuff and meeting people who love the movie was great and supporting a good cause was great. Anytime we can do that, we really, we were thrilled. Yeah, I mean, I, I love hearing about it. I mean, I love hearing the, the, the growth that you're going through and all the stuff you're achieving and, yeah. and My message doing with is your that, company, you know what I mean? Well, Jay, have you, you seen Ed Wood? Just out of I haven't. It's yeah. great. Yeah, you, it's a really great film. I like to see it. Yeah. That's, um... Tim Burton. Uh, yeah, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp and it's basically about the making of Plan 9 from yeah. Outer Space. Bill Murray. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Martin Landau's fantastic in it. He plays Bella Lugosi. Yeah, he yeah. looks just yeah, like Yeah, that's yeah. famous... Famous samples. Karloff! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. So, Chuck, it's all grunting and makeup. <laughs> it's all on makeup. <laughs> Do you have any uh, questions? Um, let's see. Uh, well, what was your first exposure to horror that you remember? Wow, that's a great question. My mom would let me watch horror movies really young, and the very first thing that stays with me to this day is the Tales from the Crypt episode where Santa Claus was a killer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that Remember one. that? Yeah. And I'm sure I probably was, like, around it a little bit earlier than that, but um, that stands out because it's so messed up for a kid to see Santa Claus as a killer. <laughs> like, yeah. And there, when it turns out, there are so many movies about that, too, yeah, between yeah. Black Christmas yep. and Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> yeah, Black Christmas was the primer for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Carpenter said that it was his homage to that movie. So that stays with me, but also my mom had, uh, I had a beta player, like the beta. Holy shit, really? Yeah, I had it in my room. It like made its way into my room because I guess they upgraded and I had the Great Outdoors on beta and I had Beetlejuice on beta mm. and I, I, I got to give credit to Beetlejuice. That was great for a kid to get into horror because it was like a kid's horror movie. Yeah. You know? It had very gothic atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. 100%. So yeah, I, I'd say Beetlejuice and... Those Tales from the Crypt episodes are really cool. And Twilight Zone. You know, my mom will watch. My mom loves horror, turns out, and she would do a good job of, you know. Showing you the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Uh, I rented. So my, my friend, who's actually currently my roommate, he's been my friend since kindergarten. We would have sleepovers at his his mom's. And I remember distinctly, probably the, one of the first times I slept over there, she rented Robocop for us. And that oh, that's was, awesome. That was transformative. Yeah. But the first horror movie I remember her letting us pick out was Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, that, that was, uh, man, when when he when he punches that dude's head, head off. off the building. <laughs> that was, that <laughs> that's was, the best thing ever. Yeah, that was uh, the, that was probably the, the end, right? or the beginning for me, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, man, I, I just, I've been chasing that dragon ever since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one to chase. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So we actually, uh, I have a, uh, a framed um, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan theatrical poster in my kitchen. And it's, it's funny, too, because uh, I have, we have that. And we have both framed. We have that and Bride of Chucky, which is like Bride of Chucky is the first R-rated movie I remember going to without my mom buying the ticket for oh, me, wow. like just me and my friends. So like it's it's weird that I have like the semi-comedic sequels to two highly regarded movies, but they're they're both ones that mean something to me, you know. And that's yeah. what matters. That's awesome. Jay, do you have a, do you have a specific? Uh, uh, what for... I what I remember, I don't know what the movie's called. What is it? Uh... <sighs> You know, where she's on the phone and the guy keeps calling. They're like, the calls from coming from inside your house. Oh, um, fucking, um, oh, god damn it. Uh, not dial in for murder. That's uh, what I was going to say, but I don't think that's what it's called. Yeah, they did a really crappy remake of it recently. That's the premise I, for a few things. Yeah. yeah, but the original, it's it's like, um, 
It's like the 70s, and she's sitting on the couch. I know exactly what movie it is. I don't know why I can't think of the title. And that scene that scene was on TV. You know, we just moved into it. So it's got, it has to be around 1985, 86. Huh. Possibly. Or maybe even 87. I love that, though, where the call's coming from in the house. Yeah, but I'm... Where the I'm, person's in the back of the car. That was the old <laughs> folklore. It yeah, was, they did that in uh, Urban Legend. That, yeah, was, that, yeah. was pretty, that was pretty cool. The the uh, the, the, the gas station guy... Like, he the was, hook she, on the... Uh, she was... she was the ga- She thought the gas station guy was being creepy, but he was trying to tell her that there was somebody in the back of her car. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty awesome, actually. Um, I guess my final thing would be, uh, are you doing anything with music these days, Spencer? I was. So I, I was doing, and I have a bunch of songs that are almost done. Some are up now, and the concept was it was my first, it would be, and it'll still happen one day. Uh, it was going to be my, it will be my first full-length LP. I'm going to have a few friends on it, and every song was a nod to horror. So there's a song that's about The Bride of Frankenstein, and there's a song about Psycho, and there's a song about Ray Bradbury's October Country. There's oh, a song yeah. about Orson Welles. So... Some of which are obvious and others are hidden. And I started that and I was pretty satisfied with it. And then my whole life had a major change where I had the same job for 12 years and it was how I was paying the bills and it stopped. It was over. Yeah. And I, I had to make a big decision. Do I do go back to that workplace of a nine to five traditional or do I chase a dream to make money my own way? And I did the latter, and I started Discount Cemetery, and I put everything else that they go on hold. I mean, to be honest with you, there's some times where I realized I didn't shower. Like, I didn't shower <laughs> for two or three days. Or there's times where I realized I didn't eat anything today. You know, I'm like that, I'm that focused on it. And that's not good. I think that, like, if you are, that's, it's, you have to have, you have to you have. You gotta find a balance. Right, you yeah, have to have passion. Totally. But you yeah. do need somebody also to pull you out if you get sucked in too far. But it's an addiction. And it should be. But my thing with music was, I love making music. As, and I think it's really helped me become successful in my own way with business and, and my own life outside of music. I look forward to coming back to it a little bit more. But my thing is that music was not something I felt comfortable getting money from, if that makes sense. Like totally. I, I never mm. felt good getting... If people wanted to give me money for music, I always felt weird about that exchange. And I think with Discount Cemetery, putting in the work to create a shirt and give them a shirt that I knew they would wear... And they need, like, you need a shirt. Music is a luxury. I think people need music to a point, but it is a little bit more of a luxury. But people need clothing. There's a little bit more of a blue-collar aspect to it where I connect with the fact that I worked to make this shirt. I feel comfortable accepting currency for this. So when I sell shirts, I feel floored. Like, I feel very, very proud and satisfied to do so. Versus music is, like, a little bit more of a passion project where I'm, like, kind of doing it for myself. Like, I'm making these songs because I want to, and if you want to have them, you can, but I feel weird about taking your money, you know? Yeah, the financial aspect coming in instead of the enjoyment aspect. Yeah, I can never find the balance, and I understand that that's not necessarily the right way to look at it. It's not super logical, but that's just where I was coming from. So I was able to take the things I love about music and bring them into screen printing and running a clothing brand and a business, and Colleen one time said she saw Brian Cranston on a talk show from Breaking Bad and he said something where he said the most six what you're supposed to be in life is a collection of all the things that you're great at like all your best skill sets should come together and be under one arc for what you do with your life shit like it should tap into everything that's great about you like I could tell both of you all the great skills you both have and then you could think if you pull yourself out of the equation what job what what career would tap into all those things correctly? Hmm. And for me, Discount Cemetery was the answer. Like, it just made sense. It, there's, no, I'm using, firing on all cylinders, and I am passionate about telling everyone who would hear this to, to do the same. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, find, find it and just make the initial leap, and then once you do, you've already done half the battle of it. Where if, if, Once you have a, an Etsy store or a big cartel or eventually a Shopify Whatever online commerce you want to use, start it, put something up there, and then keep going. And the minute you sell your first item, it's like an adrenaline rush that you just can't you can't stop. You know, so that feels like as good a place as any to uh, to call it an evening. Yeah, I would just like to say, is there anything is there anything you want yeah. to say to people out there? Is there anything coming out in, yeah. in, the, in the future? Yeah, of, my, my, parting my, words. Or, yeah, my parting words to everyone is that, and this is true. The, the future is uncertain and the economy is hard to 
decode. And I think the days of a traditional work place are, are changing. Like even right now, Chuck, you do something that's very like cutting edge and brand new. And Jay, you're doing a great job adapting in your work environment and evolving and, and staying super relevant. Like, I just think that if you're out there and you're listening, if you have an idea and you think it might be something you could do to make money, you just, you owe it to yourself to try and fail and fail again and fail again and be ready to fail, but be ready to just quickly get back up again and want to try again and, and keep trying and surround yourself with people that want you to succeed because you really can't do it alone unless you're Paul Brown, you know? <laughs> um, but like, like I said, you, I'd follow Paul Brown into the gates of hell. Probably. Correct. <laughs> and so would I, and so would a lot of people. So, I mean, that's the thing about it though. When you look at somebody like him or, or anybody successful, they have a network of people that believe in them. Yeah. So surround yourself with people that believe in you and start it. We have new stuff coming out all the time. Like new shirts coming out all the time. Like I'll never stop, you know, and I'll keep making them as long as, as long as I'm breathing. Because I, I really love making making clothes now. Turns out you, you have the, I hate wearing clothes, but I love making clothes. Hell yeah! Any uh, you, you have an expo coming up, right? Yeah, we have a few events. Um, this is crazy. The drummer from Sam Hain, uh, London May. He was also yeah. in the Misfits and stuff. He asked us to play to play. See him like he said. No, that's okay. Uh, he asked us to join him. He did a, a black metal comedy about a black metal real estate agent called Brutal uh, Brutal Reality. And it's like okay. a black metal real estate agent. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's right. And he's in a ba uh, metal band with uh, with Rick Agnew from The Adolescents, and they're going to play. And then the costume contest is judged by Chris Pontius from Jackass. Oh, wow. And Rab himself. Sounds so, like a blast. Yeah, yeah, so if you're in the LA area on October 3rd, right now, Devil's Night, when this is... No. <laughs> uh, <you're>, Yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday. If, if you're hearing this and it's October 30th, it might be later. If, if, if you might, these might be over. Right. We have some coming. Here's a better idea. Follow us on Instagram. It's D Discount Cemetery. Cemetery is C-E-M-E-T-R-Y www.discountcemetery.com Twitter is Disco Cemetery because you can't fit the whole thing. Oh. So it's really? Disco Cemetery. But I don't really use Twitter because I'm not the president or somebody's parents. So I, like, don't believe in that platform. Uh, we're on probably everything. I don't know. But I think we're on – just Google us. Discount Cemetery. Yeah, I have – We're on YouTube I even. mean, I have purchased shirts. And you and like I, the fit. And I and the fit is top notch. Yeah, so you got, bigger, you got bigger dude sizes? I've yeah. got big – I got everybody. I, yeah, I and, and right now I'm so proud to say this. This may change one day. But from small to, like, 5X, the prices are the same. That's I, fucking beautiful. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. I feel like no matter what size you are, you should pay the same price. Gotta, love, gotta give love to the big homies. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, and, that's a majority of our sales are, are, are over 2X, actually. Or 2X and above. Yeah, and oh. all and all the shirts are awesome. Check them out. Go Onyx, to the website. I'm gonna go look. Uh, yes. I might even make a purchase. Uh, well, use, you guys get using them. coupon code. No, so not listen, if you yeah, have me on your podcast as a guest, you actually get a very aggressive discount. You'll get merch no. for free. So if you want me on your podcast in exchange for merch, and you're listening, <laughs> uh, anybody out there, you know, I'm ready to go on, on those. Well, listen, I I have to say between the 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 massive uh, 24 hour uh, uh, playlist yesterday and yesterday and this uh, little bonus thing today. Uh, uh, this has been uh, doing this podcast has been my favorite thing for about the past year, and this is probably the most fun one so far for me. Uh, so, I have to agree with you. Yeah, this, I this has been a blast. I enjoy this. The funny thing is, if, if you're listening to this, you're like, "Wow, he, Jay's not saying anything," because I'm just sitting back and watching these two guys talk, and they both just are inspiring. Just just the way that they can, uh, you know, hold a conversation and uh, really get their thoughts out. So I enjoyed watching this take place. So I want to say thank you. So much, Spencer, for being a part of this. Thank and, you, buddy. Really. Oh, that's and so being cool. here really, really does mean a lot. And, you know, I wish you nothing but the best of luck, success. And, and uh, what I'd like you to do here, Spencer, yeah. uh, is we're we're going to stay quiet. And uh, you are just going to remind everybody that, oh, as always, we're not Nordic. <laughs>